Well, as we begin another edition of Hog Planet, Sam, um, are you familiar with uh, the event, uh, the hottest ticket in town right now in old New York, Ape Fest? Oh, this sounds awesome. Uh, did a certain, you know, dance punk legend band come out of retirement for this nonsense? Yes, LCD Sound System played a full set for the Board Ape Yacht Club NFT um, Fest. Now, given that there is a weekly cryptocurrency crash, um, not to mention claims of racism against the NFT <laughs> group, um, LCD Sound System was there uh, playing like a full set to just like, I mean, it seemed like a sea of just like, men like it was not i mean that was that was all you, you, one could see in the video um oh. which I, I, listen I, I you know these guys need to be going to the hot babe yacht clubs let's just right? say there's a certain type of guy who's into the, <laughs> the apes but i actually uh was curious did you see any of the other performers i did not no i'm uh... um well, a, I'm, not a in the, certain... I'm not in the yacht club. I'm, I'm too stimulated. Uh, well, okay. Too, I'm too gonna... human. Are you familiar with a certain band uh, with a certain three sisters where a certain actress uh, was in licorice pizza? Yeah. The, what is that? Heim or whatever? Yep. They were there. <laughs> and okay. Guess what comedian was there? I will give you three guesses. <laughs> okay. It's not like it's not obvious. It's not Seth Green, right? Because no, no, I know no, no. He's it's, a big... it's, it's a stand-up comedian. Stand-up comedian who would do this. All right. Um, Rogan is too famous. Like he wouldn't do like just a stand-up set at this thing, right? That, um, I won't count that as a guess, but it's no. All right. If I have it, to it, guess... it is a woman. It is a woman. Oh, it's a woman. Amy Schumer. Yes. Boom. <laughs> How did I do that? That's amazing. <laughs> I did. I literally had that was a wild stab in the dark. I was like, "Who's a woman comedian that?" Uh, sorry, everyone. I think it's kind of dumb. And first name that popped in my head. Wow. Go yeah. to your gut, folks. For some reason, I had a feeling you would uh, you would nail that. That was uh, that was good. All right, let's uh, let's start the show. That's a hog way to kick it off. So this is Hog Planet and uh oops sorry my mic uh tipped there it's a little flaccid. Um, this is Hog Planet, as I just said, and uh, we are the podcast where we discuss the the hogs and hog culture that has uh, embroiled uh, our uh, society. Um, so, Sam, I, 
I'd like to start by mentioning I watched this documentary called Kurt Vonnegut uh, Unstuck in Time. And it was directed by this guy, Robert Whitey, who uh, you might might recognize the name from being uh, the director of a million episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, I was going to say it sounds familiar. Well, the doc sucked. (laughs) Um, It was uh, essentially like about Whitey's like friendship with Vonnegut versus like no one cares a deep, a deep examination of Vonnegut's like life. Like, yes, there was biographical elements, but like. It was like two whole hours of like, I I got to hang out with the like a guy I really liked in high school. Like it 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 was it was shit. So wow. Kurt Vonnegut unstuck in time. Skip it if you want to just like watch footage of Vonnegut. I guess you can watch it, but um, it, it, not good, not good. Uh, anything that uh you you've uh, seen lately that you'd like to uh, okay, thumbs up one. or thumbs down. Big thumbs up to uh, the Magic Mike series. Uh, much overlooked by members of our gen- uh, gender, despite the fact that there's actually a lot more female nudity than male nudity in that movie, despite all the uh, himbo activities going on. Um, it's based, I mean, Channing Tatum based it largely on his life as working as a male entertainer in, in Florida. I actually did not know that. That's really interesting. And he, uh, and the man had, I mean, he can really dance. It's amazing that someone with like a football player physique like that can just like be so agile and nimble and flexible. Um, it really comes off as like a project from the heart. It's insanely dumb. You can watch it. You, you do not have to pay attention at all. Um, I will say the love interest in the first one is absolutely one of the worst actresses I've ever seen in my life. To my knowledge, that's the only thing she's done. I can't remember her name, but she is someone's daughter. She's some industry, you know, whatever's daughter. And he plugged her in this movie and who boy, it's, it's glaring. Even, I mean, if, you know, if, if your emotional range is being shown up by Channing Tatum, then uh, you've got issues going on. No, no knocks on the guy, but it's not what he's most known for. And he comes off in that whole thing of, as just like being so, you know, sincere and loving, whereas she's just like, oh, oh, are you going to stop being a stripper yet? <laughs> very interesting. Very entertaining movies. Uh, definitely recommend. I think they're making a third. I would be surprised if they didn't. The second also, one like, honestly might be better because um, Joe Manganiello is in the these, and in the first one he has like no dialogue. In the second one, he's kind of like a more focused upon character, and he's actually really funny and can act. And you know, I don't know. It seemed like they underused him in the first one, so I was glad to see in the second one he got a little more screen time. Well, there you go. This is your content corner. We are we're providing you the crucial pop culture analysis you were looking for uh about thumbs- movies that came out like 10 years ago <laughs> well the vonnegut one's fairly new uh, whatever i don't watch new stuff thumbs down from me thumbs up from sam uh i will be checking out magic mike based upon that recommendation um so we got a few stories planned out we're not this is a this is a pretty freewheeling episode so uh it, I just personally loved reading about this Mike Pence thing from the New York Times. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just really got a kick out of it. Um, so for for context, you know the ongo the are, are the January six hearings still going on? Are they, they are. There yet? was one at there was one today, like this morning. I don't I don't pay attention to that because nothing's nothing's gonna happen. It's just can I actually dumb flapping? It, I don't know. You might I agree have more with you. Of an input on it, but like I agree with you totally. But I did watch the first night's hearings purely for the hog footage. Absolutely. And you said you caught some hogs. 
some proud hogs. Absolutely. Oh, man. And there was footage, you know, I uh, having like really watched this footage. I watched multiple of the found footage documentaries, uh, you know, the one produced by The New York Times that we uh, watched parts of on this show. Absolutely. And and also the HBO. I am the storm. I am the storm. Um, and uh, the four hours at the Capitol documentary on HBO. So I felt like I knew this footage pretty intimately, but there was definitely stuff I hadn't seen. Can we um, talk about in the in the four hours at the Capitol one, the guy who like specifically brought joints to rock under the rotunda and then like got caught on camera boising him, like in the rotunda and instantly I mean, they used it to identify him and stuff that's amazing i was i saw that and i was like number one the, the, the you know the stark privilege you would have to have to even begin to want to do that but like i don't know to me if i was going to storm the capital which i've also always said that if i was there and like a ton of people were just running in um, of course, I wouldn't be there because I know I know what those people they don't wear masks at their protests. They, they you lived often. pretty close at the time. You could have walked down there. I could have I could have made it out there. It's a nice and easy bike ride over to Capitol Hill from where I was in DuPont Circle. But um, well, yeah, uh, I know that if I was like at a protest and some weirdo stuff like that happened, I would end up storming Capitol. <laughs> not because I want to like overturn the election, but just, you know, to feel something. I don't know. I can't help but shake at the end of the day. A lot of these people were just you know, a lot of people who get into like politics on a goofy level like that. They just want to feel something. Well, you obviously. Uh, you know, we know the broad strokes, uh, you know, if you're fucking alive, you've heard what happened that day. Uh, but what we didn't know until uh, the uh, article that came out last week was uh, the headline from the New York Times for Mike Pence. January 6th began like many uh, days. It ended like no other. An angry mob <laughs> chanting hang Mike Pence came within 40 feet of the vice president. 40 feet. He spent nearly five hours in an underground loading dock and the president called him a wimp and worse. <laughs> what could be worse than being called a wimp? Are you crazy? How, can I, can I just go? <laughs> Let me just read a little bit here. He started the day with a prayer. Vice President Mike Pence preparing oh. to withstand the final stage of a relentless campaign by President Donald J. Trump to force him to illegally try to overturn the results of the 2020 election began January 6, 2021, surrounded by aides at his official residence at the Naval Observatory, asking God for guidance. The group was <laughs> expecting a difficult day, but what followed over the next 12 hours was more harrowing than they imagined. An angry mob with baseball bats and pepper spray chanting, hang Mike Pence, came within 40 feet of the vice president. Would, um, I'm not going to speak any further. Mr. Pence is always interested to consider all the possibilities that could have happened. Oh, Mr. Pence's Secret Service detail had to hustle him to safety and hold him for nearly five hours in the bowels of the Capitol, just as people were moving their bowels in Nancy Pelosi's office. Yeah, Pence uh, was just, you know, plaintively looking at one of his Secret Service agents like, please hold me. (laughs) They're like, what, for five hours underneath the Capitol? He's like, just hold me. So, um... 
a confidential witness apparently says that uh well told investigators the group would have killed mr pence and speaker pelosi if they got the chance <laughs> now now we joke like about listen the, listen the, like yes, obviously like, that's that's bad of course and, and now we and we joke about these people you know the, the january 6th thing a lot um i don't want to minimize what probably would have happened if they had caught nancy pelosi or like alexandria ocasio cortez i mean the gallows were set like were set up i don't think that was just a prop i mean maybe maybe it was just like a larping prop no only only leftists do that (laughs) when right when right wingers do that they mean it leftists do like the um oh put a put a whatever guillotine in front of jeff bezos's house because you're never ever going to get the chance to do that whereas right wingers i don't know in some ways they're more grounded in reality because they they're able to manifest their political goals better than the left can i don't know like if yeah, they bring that's... it they kind of mean it more than like if lefties lefties always put up these like prop guillotines and stuff that are just like oh it's very cute that you and your little you know arts and crafts crew made this but it's not very serious um i mean a wimp do we really think that the wimp like like he definitely called him like a like a pussy right oh yeah yeah mrs radford said okay yeah yeah the president mrs radford said use the p word (laughs) the new york times hold on hold on the new york times reported previously that mr trump had told mr pence you could either go down in history as a patriot or you can go down in history as a pussy I, I can't do a good Trump voice, but like, damn, can you imagine how funny that would be to like, I wish I had a tape of that. Oh, that would have been so good. I know, man. Um, I don't know. It's very funny to me because Pence was never like, he, he wanted, he's a quintessential example of like the center of the Republican party at that point where they like, they were, you know, in any other country, they'd be seen as like foaming at the mouth, right winger, you know, wackos. But um, just in comparison to, to Trump, he's like, I want the power. I don't really want to have to like, you know, go along with what you say all the time. I'm not really allowed to have dinner with women who aren't my wife, et cetera. <laughs> like Pence was such a weird counterpoint to Trump um, and very indicative of like where the Republican Party's head was at at that time. But as we have seen this you know the ultimate goal here overturning the election like hasn't really gone away and it seems to be like a a leading fucking political issue which for it to be you almost have to ignore the fact that there was an angry mob who had like mace and baseball bats and we're going to like hang the vice president i mean it, it is it is extreme of course so you kind of like i don't know you have to really be uh ignoring that to be running with the stolen election claims right i mean how could you reconcile the two i mean yeah like i've been thinking about this a lot because i think if you genuinely believed that the election had been stolen and that there's only you could say which is what trump was saying like it was like only you guys can save this country from the Democrats. They're going to, you know, subject this place to a sick. It like, it's like incitement in a weird way. Cause it makes people, you know, who are willing, who have the ability to act on what they, you know, on their, on their 
desires, like they have the means to travel to Washington. These are, you know, we, I remember after, in the aftermath of this riot, everyone commenting on how most of the people there were like small business tyrants and stuff like that. It was people who had the means to schlep out to Washington and, uh, you know, make signs and do all the LARPing that they want to do. But um, LARPing for the uninitiated is live action role-playing. I feel like we've dropped that a couple times and it's a very online term. Um, but in, at any rate, like, I feel like it was a serious thing um, because people were so, you know, riled up and willing to do something. But at the same time, it's like the somehow like the least serious group of people on earth because they all got in and were like, now what? And I don't doubt that it's like some of them had caught, you know, some of the politicians they find unsavory, they would have done something. But um, I mean, honestly, they were a bigger threat to themselves. You know, they, they're the ones who lost people. You know, they're the ones who were There were some casualties. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the woman was trampled, literally. The woman was uh, Ashley Babbitt, obviously, was literally fucking blasted. <laughs> I mean, although yeah. like you've seen that video, she was climbing through with the guns pointed at her. What the hell did she think was going to happen? These people thought the they had impunity because the, because of Trump. Like, of I, I, how else can you explain it? But even more than that, the thing that gets to me is that they thought it was like a movie. Like they think that they're yeah. like in Braveheart or something like that. <laughs> like they think it's <laughs> they, they really do. They think this is like the Patriot. They 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 um, I feel like we're maybe at a stage where we people genuinely can't tell the difference between TV and real life. And that was something where I was like, I can't believe they actually did this. Like, what did they think they were going to do? They, they weren't like an, an organized, you know, guerrilla unit doing like a coup d'etat. They're a bunch of like goofballs, but they could have actually done some, you know, terrible stuff to individual people. So like, how do you, I don't know. Part of it is like very funny, obviously, but part of it is also, I mean, Especially if you talk to DC natives, they don't find it funny at all. They're like, oh, they, they think it was like their 9-11. <laughs> and they also claim 9-11 because of the, um, you know, the Pentagon uh, getting attacked on 9-11, which I'm like, okay, not very many people died in the Pentagon compared to like Trade Center, you know. Let, let, let us New Yorkers have that one. But I don't know. Uh, weird to pin down. And it's very funny that Mike Pence, uh, this article is very funny because it's so melodramatic and it's a, it's a classic Maggie Haberman joint where it's based on like mostly hearsay from individual sources and like her access is the main, um, her main like value add to this story is getting people close to Trump to get to say something that we could have all imagined, which is that Trump made fun of Mike Pence and called him a wimp <laughs> or, or, or the P word, as he said. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it, reading this, it, it comes off. It's like another it's the flip side of how those conservatives thought they were on TV. Um, these liberals feel like they're in, you know, a, a, a two-parter episode of the West Wing or something like that. Like oh they, my God! Nobody in this in this equation is viewing this as like something that happened in reality that has like real, you know, causes and like maybe there's a way we could avoid this from happening again in the future. Um, it's just it's just TV for both sides at this point. Uh, we really can't imagine anything other than what we're shown in movies. This is real West Wing right here. At 3.50 a.m., as Mr. Pence and Mr. Short went their separate ways, Mr. Short texted his boss a passage from the Bible. Oh. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, the message read. Wow, cool. Uh, yeah, and that's, a, there, that's even, you know, 
I, I don't know. You're viewing yourself as like, and of course, you know, we, we all view ourselves through narrative and through storytelling, but see, I, I don't know. The, the self-seriousness of this whole thing is kind of ridiculous. I, I don't know. It's like impossible to interpret the, the January 6th event, um, especially not through, I, I especially don't particularly care about analyzing it through Mike Pence's eyes because I can't relate to Mike Pence on any other level whatsoever. Really the 40 feet detail, which was as they were in the stairwell running towards the like freight uh, area. Um, that was when they were 40 feet uh, from the mob, which, you know, uh, all things considered like, yes, yeah, anything could have happened, but it didn't. So what do you want to do? You know? Like with this thing, you know, what does it do for us to just like go out in the streets and say, you know, Mike Pence is a hero? Um, which there was there not like that was going around like an Atlantic article that was that was I feel uh, like there was an Atlantic article that that said that, um, which is probably open on my phone somewhere because I meant to talk about it on here, but um, like it's essentially boils down to like the left, uh, you know, should uh embrace Mike Pence as a hero or something, and it's just like. The guy this isn't anime. Think gay you can't, people like, exist. Yeah, yeah. Like this isn't anime. You can't just like make friends with Vegeta. You know who blows up planets. Like in 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 anime, you can just make friends with a genocidal maniac. But in like real life, you kind of gotta still um be able to critique Mike Pence just because he, I don't know, wasn't going along with this like nonsensical. I think it's so funny. Also, when they say Trump um that Trump denying the election results was like his quote unquote big lie you know the 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 one moment where he became like a fascist i was like okay it wasn't like the build a wall it wasn't the, like any of the other stuff up to that point it was like this one him just spewing nonsense which anyone could have seen coming they even if i remember like uh in 2016 i having the feeling i was like if he loses by the numbers he's not gonna take it lying down he's gonna be like oh hillary cheated like this i remember like this sinking feeling in my chest on election day when we all thought hillary was gonna win of just like trump's not going away like he's this is we're not getting out of it this easy um i don't know kind of all over the place here but we didn't um i don't know yeah let's say he comes back right pence stays silent you know he he's 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 playing the long game yeah, no, no way. In no world is Mike Pence doing, you know, what, what like George Bush, I, I feel like, um, has been getting a lot of, uh, you know, favorable attention because he disagrees with Trump. But I'm like, I, I think part of that is a personal thing because Trump really bodied his, his brother on in the debates like every time and made a laughing stock out of him. But um, I don't know, the, I, like George Bush is, uh, you know, an el- like an el- elder statesman at this point he's already been president he doesn't need to like he doesn't need to win republican votes anymore if if pence still needs that he's not going to become like an anti a never trumper i don't know you never we'll see it'll be so funny if mike pence was trump's running mate in 2024 though yeah um I got, I got a lot of stuff i got a lot of stuff i've been like thinking about lately but one thing we wanted to talk about is well Okay, uh, we can tie we can tie this all together. So this started maybe two weeks ago. There was this huge uproar in conservative media. And, you know, how much do they actually care about this? How much is this tied into sort of getting clicks to advertise fucking Disney products? I don't know, whatever. But there was this freak out over 
like boycott like Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear movie, because there's a gay kiss. Wow. So can you can you explain what the you know what uh, came after that? And we sort of want to address uh, the panic recently that we've been uh, noticing uh, out there uh, regarding uh, trans uh, and gay people. It's you know uh, June is Pride Month, is it not? It is Pride, still Pride Month. So Uh you know we should we you know we're too we're too straight straight fellas. So you know let's 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 give these issues some some thought. Yes. So, so Ben Shapiro, uh, in describing the, uh, light year movie, which can, can we talk about the light year movie for like one second, just for context? Cause if this is listened to in like 2025 there, unless like the light year thing has gone on to have like an extended cinematic universe as everything does these days, then, um, this would not make sense at any other point in time. This is a, what it's a movie about buzz Lightyear but it's about the guy who inspired the toy within the Toy Story universe or something. Buzz Lightyear played by Tim Allen in the films Toy Story through Toy Story 4 is based upon Lightyear, the movie featuring the character Buzz Lightyear voiced by Chris Evans. And then Buzz Lightyear Star Command, the animated series is a cartoon based on the movie that Andy's toy Buzz Lightyear is based on played by Tim Allen. So is this movie in the Toy Story universe? Like did Andy go see Lightyear the Apparently, movie Apparently very late in the process that was added in. Wow. Okay, so it's weirder than I thought it was. Again, it's I'm still not quite sure I understand. I, I like apparently th- th- but there's a circular way that we're getting a movie about Buzz Lightyear or something. And yes, there is supposedly a like uh, a lesbian couple of color. Um, and Ben Shapiro on Twitter here has pulled out a screen cap of this couple, which looks like any other kind of Disney Pixar thing. Um, says Disney works to push a quote, not at all secret gay agenda, unquote, and seeks to add quote, queerness to its programming according to executive producer LaToya Ravenue. Uh, parents should keep that in mind before s- deciding whether to take their kids to see Lightyear, which hits theaters this week. And this is like a really good seg- way to get into this because it's not even like, obviously the movie isn't saying like, hey kids, you should become gay. It's, it's just showing a, a, a gay couple. Uh, or a They exist couple. on screen. They're just acknowledging that they exist. And this is what they're mad at. It's not even like they don't genuinely think that they're the indoctrination, you know, because liberals like hear about the um, current panic of like in schools, um, you know, how the the conservatives are all saying like the LGBT agenda is being pushed on our children. They're being told that they have to be non-binary and stuff like that. Like everyone knows that that's not what they, what they actually mean is that they are teaching kids that like, Actually, it's probably okay if you are, um, you know, queer or non-binary or anything else. Um, you should be respected the same as if you were somebody else. Like, and that idea is what they're trying to suppress, which is a very crucial distinction. I feel like. I feel like we also sh- we also should mention the log cabin Republicans were were banned from what event? Could you look that up? I didn't hear about this, but I, yeah, I am going to look this up. Um. 
So, so then, Dan, where are you going to go? No. <laughs> Jesus, I'm not a log cabin Republican. Uh, um, so, yeah, it looks like, uh, no, it was the Texas GOP, which, yeah, Texas is like one of the epicenters of this, which I, I resent because like, I, I found it so annoying how everyone's like, oh, Texas is the center of like everything bad happening. But in this case, it really kind of, I don't know, it's like Texas and Florida are like the two places where this, I feel like this fervor is at a like, um, a fever pitch but um, yeah the Texas GOP called um, being gay abnormal and banned uh, log cabin Republicans from um, the state party convention that's a pretty big that's a pretty big deal I, I don't know like they must really think that they are secure because I feel like over the years the Republican Party despite all of you know Trump's uh, kind of divisive rhetoric or whatever um, they he did expand his gains with um, with people of color um, and with, uh, you know, other demographic, he gained, he had got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. And a lot of those gains were with like Latino people, Asian Americans, et cetera. Um, and generally I thought the GOP, the way the GOP would hold on to power is by broadening its conception of whiteness, which it does like all the time. Um, and that's why, that's why, damn, we, we Jews and you know, you being an, an Italian, uh, you're now white. Whereas in, um, in the 20s, we would have been the most oppressed people in the U.S., but uh, just kidding. Either way, um, <laughs> normally, yeah, they expand because they need to bring people into the fold, and you can convince anybody to be reactionary. Trust me on this one. It does not matter what um, color you are, but um, in this case, they're being really narrow, and they're like, they're exclu- I mean, the fact that they would exclude, like, like Lockhammer Republicans are not even, like, controversial, I feel like. I feel like it's like a running... It's almost like a joke that's been going on for ages, but um, pretty accepted member of the coalition. And I feel like banning them, is, that's pretty serious. I don't know. Yeah, I was just surprised about to see that. Now. Yeah. This is the uh, first time hearing about it. Oh, God. Now um, here, Vamp, because I'm going to pull that video up because I'm just, we just, we need, we need a breather. Yeah. So, I mean, um, let's, let's see. They refused a booth to a gay conservative group. Um, which was the Lobcam Republicans. Um, looks like during this same event, neo-Confederate party activists also declared the 2020 presidential election illegitimate. So like secessionists are fine, but um, gay people no can do. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of this. I mean, this is like the, even I couldn't have really seen this one coming. I felt like the, you know, rep- log cabin Republicans would just go on doing their, I, I don't know what they're thinking with, um, you know, being Republicans, given that the Republicans want to, uh, you know, end all their rights for the most part and see them as like an existential threat to the American dream. But, um, but we need, we do need a bit of a palate cleanse. So here's Trump finding out that RBG has died. He's on the, uh, some people might not have actually seen this video, which is so like ingrained in my brain, like at this point, like since I think I saw about it, this like, video once happened. a day. Yeah, I think about this video all the time. Should we should we tee this up a little bit? I mean, Trump is just finding out that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. He has not heard. And he's getting back. He's on the tarmac and he's like headed back to his to you know the the plane after a convention. And Tiny Dancer is blaring uh, from the stage because Trump loves Elton John, which is a great piece of Trump lore. Um, And he Elton John, of course, is not thrilled about the fact that Trump plays 
his songs at his rallies, but I, I, I guess he can't do anything about it or he doesn't feel like he needs to do anything about it. Who knows? I didn't know that. I just, uh, you're telling me now for the first time. <laughs> she led an amazing life. What else can you say? She was an amazing woman. Whether you agreed or not, she was an amazing woman who led an amazing life. Oh. <laughs> actually sad to hear that. I am sad to hear that. Thank you very much. Sad. Yeah, I'm actually sad to hear that. Oh, this is so beautiful too. I love how he like walks away as the tiny dancer, tiny dancer. Like it's it's it feels like the it was dubbed over, but you can tell that it's playing in the background there based on the way it sounds. It's so cinematic. I don't know how they managed to capture this moment in time, but it's so beautiful. That was what I was referencing with that one. Uh, Sorry, but we were in the middle of a segment it. about the the recent gay panic. Um, I don't know. You just you, you started. I, I don't know. We, we that's when we started like kind of between our like DMs. We were like kind of tracking like, oh wow, that's that's like pretty vocal, uh, like homophobic uh, stuff coming from pretty mainstream Republican sources. And then it was like the anti-trans uh, rhetoric recently has been absolutely uh, disgusting and outrageous. Um, um, yeah it's, it's from monstrous. like politician i mean it's literally like they're in some states uh you know making laws where it's like you know mandatory to report like parents whose children are, to, are allowed to be out transgender so uh and and bill maher had this you know he's just he's just some fucking idiot but it's just it's like i guess this is how some people think they're like well you know in california there's so many uh trans kids uh you know why aren't there so many in fucking uh you know uh, the heartland and it's like this well, is because why. there it's like illegal like they're this they're, is why <laughs> yes like there's laws right. um you know he's an idiot but i think a lot of people might have that that idea that like oh it's like a cult it's like you know culturally um indoctrinated into like I, I, honestly it's like it's hard to really describe like the root of their panic because it, it feels like it runs so deep and it, it is like a throwback, but it's also like, it, it's never left. No, I mean, and it, but it is, it is different from like the, I don't know, uh, the Bush era homophobia because, and you know, defensive marriage act era discourse, because back then it was mostly predicated on religion. Now it's not now it's predicated on children and the idea is that like these you know that that uh lgbtq people are indoctrinating your children they're um and of course uh, the place that they're choosing to litigate this at is that in schools because republicans would love to end public education they have wanted that for a good bit of time far too many uh black and brown and poor people are getting educa- good quality education in the u.s and um you know, they're, they're little Chad, I don't know, give me like a really goofy um, waspy name, uh, you know, Braywin. Ch- Chumsley. Um, yeah, like Tag is not going to be allowed Aiden. to. They're not going to be allowed to, they're going to be denied spots at Yale because of affirmative action, you know, all this nonsense um, that they spew. And they've been spewing this for a long time. But this one is like, 
a concerted effort. And I feel like the um, the way the the best like piece that I've found to explain it, even though it's about the um, parallel panic uh, over critical race theory and whether critical race theory is being taught in school. And this is like a masterwork of mis misinformation because um, critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools. It is mostly taught in um, like law school because it's a legal theory, but uh, you can kind of, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, and this, there's a recent ProPublica article um, by Nicole Carr um, it's the headline is white parents rallied to chase a black educator out of town. Then they followed her to the next one. And it talks about this, um, this woman who was like a profession, a school professional in, um, in like Maryland, uh, which is, you know, more diverse and, um, it's, it's Maryland, like right outside DC. And then she wanted to take a job in, um, in Cherokee County, Georgia, which is like a suburb of Atlanta. And I, as soon as I heard that, my heart rate started increasing because, I don't know, something about suburbs around, like exurbs around cities like that are, you know, uh, like Atlanta or DC, where there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of diversity, a lot of uh, liberalism. That's where like the people from those like exurbs who fled the city to like avoid, you know, black and brown people and want to live in like white enclaves are the most disturbing people by far. And they get the most atavistic. And this story is crazy because she's like, they're, they just they hear phrases like critical race theory and diversity, equity, and inclusion, and they get boiled down to acronyms and it becomes like a, a signifier. Like they don't actually care what critical race theory is. They see it all as like this all encompassing, and, and they wrap it up with like the, um, with the LGBTQ panic to be like, these people are enforcing Marxism and anti-Americanism uh, and, and trying to teach your kids to hate you. And I it doesn't speak much for the open mindedness that they, you know, claim to, to have in that culture, you know, like, like no. it's like, it, you know, it's like it, well, there's that. But it's also like you're if you believe that, you know, there's this uh, indoctrination happening, like, you, you know, you haven't implanted this this hate into your kids like, like you, you know, like right. you haven't really trained them to have uh hateful beliefs so like you know what i mean it's like what are they actually afraid of them learning is like to not uh to not be a bigot <laughs> that's what they're afraid of yeah of course like they, they will tell you that like kids go to school and they're told all day that they're bad people because they're white or something like that um i don't even think that they actually think that's happening i think that they may hear that but i think it's more the association i think it's more the like you know, and, and it's a really good way for them to launder their racism and homophobia because now they can say, you know, if, it's, if their majority white school district hires a black woman, they can be like, oh, this person's going to teach CRT. Uh, we don't we don't want her there uh, because she and they all all the people who organize and the, 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 this story about Cecilia Lewis, um, that uh, educator from Maryland who went down to Georgia um, is really crazy because it goes into how well organized people are and, and how there are groups basically teaching one um, people across the country, teaching parents in school districts how to, you know, fight back when the school hires someone they don't want them to hire. And this has been happening like all over the country. And it's, it's great to get a, a really close look at it with this one um, account. And honestly, Cecilia Lewis is super brave for coming forward with the story in the first place. Uh, given how wacko people were. Um, there's accounts of people in Facebook groups in Cherokee County um, claiming that they had spotted 
her around town um, when she was not, she was living in Maryland. <laughs> so clearly they were just seeing black people who, you know, who they thought looked like her or something. And were just like, they're, they're able to launder their, you know, racism and homophobia and bigotry um, behind like, oh, they're, you know, they're messing with our kids. They're grooming our kids to think a certain way. They're like indoctrinating our kids. Um, and of course, you know, you'd say like the U.S. education system indoctrinates kids, just it doesn't indoctrinate them into accepting gay people. Um, and if it is, then that's a good thing. <laughs> that's like one of the good forms of indoctrination. But it's not even about that. It's about the presence of these concepts uh, and, and the fact, and they're sick of being told they have to accept this. They, they really would rather not. I think there's also, I mean, I know I'm rambling, but the last thing is like, there's a big religious component to this, even though it's not explicit. Um, I remember there was one point at which people were like, you know, after Uvalde, um, which is an ongoing shit show now to this day, um, they, you know, people, liberals were like, conservatives would rather see guns in school than, um, you know, gay people. They'd rather uh, see kids dead than accepting of homosexuality. And for evangelicals, yeah, they 100% would. Because if a child dies uh, and is killed at a school, they go to heaven, no big deal. If a child lives a long life as a happy gay man, they go to hell. They see it. They, I think a lot of people genuinely see it that way. So we see so many examples of the trans panic now when it seemed like a mainstream acceptance of transgender culture something was like moving in a certain direction in the last five years but in the last couple of months it's just seemed like there is a strong uh well-funded uh I mean, you know, the in very mainstream circles in politics, like a, a concerted effort to what, like genocide these people. I mean, like, yeah, what, I mean, what is, what is the argument? What is the argument like, here that the right that right wing is making? No, they. I, I think I think that like the masterminds of this just want, um, you know, people who are LGBTQ to go back in the closet. But I think that there's a growing vocal sentiment that's like you know, run, like the rolling down the hill with this. And yeah, it's, it's not uncommon to see politicians talk really crazy about what they think should happen to uh, trans people. Um, it's, and, and this is giving them a license to just spew bigotry because that's all it really comes down to. There's no actual threat but, uh, to them. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel like where we maybe want to go from here is like having laid out the facts um, like the, the thing that's really getting to me now is because, you know, from Ron DeSantis or Greg Abbott, you expect this kind of nonsense. They're foaming at the mouth freaks. Um, but the, the way it's like getting accepted or like, you know, whitewashed by people on in the center or, you know, on the quote unquote left are, uh, is really heinous. Like that interview with Hillary Clinton, where she says like, you know, um, trans people's rights is like a boutique, you know, niche, marginal political concern. That's so heartless. And that's how this happened. That's what's going to be the, because um, if, if it was just wacko Republicans saying this kind of stuff, it wouldn't be a big deal. Well, I mean, it would be a big deal, but it wouldn't be as big a deal as it's. It is be. an, ex but right. Seeing it of be course. accepted by the moderate, by the moderates um, is really brutal. So maybe we should talk about some of the moderates who are accepting this now. Right. And it's, you know, 
I think it's indicative of her, you know, her feeling comfortable of saying that, like, it's always through 10 layers of PR and, you know, uh, coaching. So, you know, that's clearly what the focus groups are saying to do to say is this is an issue that is expendable and it is an issue that is in fact losing us seats. And if you defend this vocally, if you defend these people, guess what? You're out of a job. I'm, but you know, again, like, Jesus, can you think of a more like fucking irrelevant person to take advice from in the terms of like victory? I was going to say, she's only ever won an election in like New York, which, you know, in New York, I think they're actually pretty accepting of trans people relative to say Florida or Texas. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's bleak. It feels like, it feels like, um, you know, we're we're just sitting here watching, you know, uh, even living in New York, you know, yeah, it's it's fine here, but you know, back to those suburbs, it's not so fine, right? Where I mean, we're I mean, from is definitely had weirdos who showed up to, you know, not like I don't know if it was like super recently, but it was like last year or so, uh, weirdos showing up to protest supposed CRT in the and and people out there were talking, you know, this is a new, you know, supposedly liberal New Jersey, and these people were talking no, like. Yeah, it's been reported out that there's like there's oath keepers, uh, you know, people tied to January 6th, uh, you know, in that community. So, you know, that's just people are saying what what do we know? People are saying more and more people are saying this, but um, I don't know. So uh, my biggest bone to pick is with um, honestly, right now, I'm just going to call him out by name. Matt Taibbi jumping on this bandwagon is so can I just say. Can I just say, like, his, like, we don't have to spend, I don't want to spend a ton of time just, like, breaking down, like, the fall of, like, a formerly cool, like, lefty writer, but, like, in, like, 30 seconds, like, you know, I I mean, we can both just summarize it, like, he was one of the smartest writers about the Bush administration, about the financial crisis, like, you know, if you were of our political persuasion, he was definitely part of that education, Um, uh, you know, got i mean his book insane clown president great book about the trump campaign i still have it in my closet uh you know i, I re- read his Substack for a while listened to useful idiots the podcast for a couple years you know was was re- you know he was was one of my one of my one of my guys and he sucks now uh sam could you could you that so that that was a that was qualifier saying this guy this guy was good and now is bad a story that is all too common in yeah. digital media. <laughs> no, and there's definitely. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the te- the Peter Thiel payroll of all these like, quote unquote, new right weirdos who are laundering. Um, you know, the, the it's it's like the Tucker Carlson thing where he says that like the the or, or Glenn Greenwald does this too, where he says like the real elites are you know trans school teachers as opposed to like uh tucker carlson who's like isn't he like one of the heirs to like the swanson frozen dinner company <laughs> yes. or something like that he's like um you know these like people who like by any measure you know people say like elon musk who is of course also on this anti-trans bandwagon um are not elites and that they're sticking it to the elites i'm like he's by many measures one of the richest men in the world uh i don't know how much more elite you get than that but apparently i'm a dumbass but um but yeah, I don't know. With uh, Matt Taibbi, I feel like the first thing he put it on my radar was when he said that lefties were becoming like Twitter robes Pierre's 
and that they were do you remember this he had like this uh, no it's he he had like a screed about cancel culture and people were like why do you why are you talking about this, this is like kind of outside and since then it's been a gradual fall in terms of him just i don't know uh really post post bernie campaign i think is when a lot of these guys pivoted to i think whatever was generating literally the most clicks like he left rolling stone to do the Substack thing which is like building your own you know newsletter uh you know paid audience i don't even think his paid tiers like get anything extra i think people just pay because they pay Mm -hmm. which also makes you wonder who are these people who's paying who's actually reading this shit you know I have my own questions about where all that money comes from. And any anyone who's giant on Patreon, you have to wonder if the, the money is organic. I mean, you know, even sure. the people, we, even the people we like. Of course. Um, and I mean, it is the position of this podcast that the CIA funds Chapo Trap House. No, I'm kidding. But um, either way. Uh, yeah. With with Taibi, um, I feel like the he really hit a new low by interest. Well, can we also talk about the like thing where he he really threw mark ames under the bus for when he got canceled for writing like some kind of like gonzo satirical body stuff about life in russia in the um, yeah and like early in the 90s doing stuff with uh sex workers and things i I don't know it it doesn't matter so matt taibi's position on that though was like i didn't write any of the bad stuff mark ames wrote all all the bad stuff i did not do a single thing um which is very cool for the guy who claims that he's like a brave truth teller. But um, he, yeah, with this, the most recent thing he did was inter he's number one, he's given a favorable review to the laughable Matt Walsh movie. What is a woman? Um, which uh, the jokes on this thing, right itself. Did you see like the, it was some like, you know, young freedom dipshits college group uh, watching it. And they were like, we hosted a screening and it was all these like, virginal 18 year olds and they were like i was like i mean like the jokes write themselves like they set themselves up to be dunked on because clearly none of them had ever been anything anywhere near a woman um and maybe that was why they were watching the movie but uh this movie basically pushes people to um you know uh, gender theorists and stuff to explain what their definition of a woman which is the word woman has many definitions and can be used to describe many kinds of people but um, they, and it's easy to answer the question, but, uh, they go, he, he goes in and just basically make, tries to argue that they're all goofy and that the common sense idea that a woman is someone with a vagina is, um, what should prevail. Like these people are all crank cranks and you know, in your heart, your, you know, your bigoted ideas are true. (laughs) That's basically the theme of the movie. There's a very good Nate Robinson takedown of it that we should put in the show notes because, there's no reason to watch this thing or even really talk about it other than to denounce it. But um, the other thing he did was interview this kind of, another kind of like a uh, turfy crank who is um, Carol Lansky, I think is her name. And uh, this one got me because of course I'm a masochist. So I get the Matt Taibbi, um, the free version of his subject stack sent to my phone so I can see what nonsense he's on about, you know, defending Eric Weinstein, another cancel culture <laughs> guy. Another um, Peter Thiel, like, buddy. Uh, exactly. Slash, uh, recipient. Yeah, con- contrarian shithead, honestly, is what I'm calling these people from now on. Um, but, but yeah, all these people, what they really do is just launder um, these talking pi- points for the right. And the Karolansky thing was so ridiculous because she, she, you know, the, the interview with her started out with, like, 
I wanted to go on MSNBC or the New York Times to just explain this. But for some reason, I could only ever get on Tucker Carlson on like conservative uh, TV. And then like in the next paragraph, in the next quote from her, um, you know, Matt Taibbi says like, oh, I have a friend who insists on using um, she, her pronouns. Uh, she's a trans woman. And this person said, respectfully, although I don't think your friend is doing this, the insistence on pronouns is a, is actually designed to confuse you. <laughs> like she basically like says that it's a, like a, people insisting on the pronouns that they, they want to use is a plot to make your, to rot your brain and confuse you. Um, and this is the argument that's supposedly like so dangerous that it can't be on MSNBC. When that, that one really got to me because there's a couple things going on there. Number one, your argument is dumb. That's why it's not, you're not getting on your preferred. The problem channels. isn't, I mean, the problem isn't that they're afraid to debate you. The problem is your ideas are such shit that like, there's no, like they're so stupid that there's not time for this. No. On no. the major million dollar broadcast networks. Not to mention, if you want to be a crank, it's pretty easy to get on MSNBC and be a crank. I don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of weirdos on there. And the fact that she was like, I got on all these other networks, which have all these viewers, but it wasn't my preferred, like they they want to be there, it wasn't my preferred, you know, center left channels that put me on. I'm like, so you really are just trying to get these ideas to be accepted by the center and the left. Like you're laundering this kind of bigoted right, you know inherently like right-wing speech for people who don't see themselves that way. And even she, I could tell, was a little incensed at the fact that she could, she was relegated to the, you know, the ghetto of conservative news media. And it's very funny because I'm like, well, you guys are conservatives. I, I, you can't, you can try this all, all you want, but you're forwarding a conservative argument. Like you're saying that things shouldn't change. You're saying that people shouldn't accept, shouldn't, I mean, like the pronouns thing is so ridiculous. I work in a law firm and I have my pronouns in my signature, like all my coworkers do as well. And that every, like every law firm I've worked at since like 2020, it's been the same. I don't know what, like it's, it, it was like, we were, like you said, we were kind of like hurtling towards acceptance. And then this is like, I think a recognition of that and a huge effort to turn things back. It's uh, it's revanchism, I think is the right word for it. But do you think though that, I don't know, Taibi by engaging is doing some service that someone out there has got to do who is vaguely left wing, I guess. I every time I see that argument, I just I'll like see, OK, so who are these people um, that you're trying to say should be, you know, uh, right. accepted? And it's Matt Walsh and it's Carol Lansky. And um, what he had, a he, he had another one recently. Um I don't know, it's flipping. It's it, it was another like, like this is now his. Oh, he's on this like this lawsuit basically where like um tra about trans women being held in prisons with um you know women who are assigned female at birth um and he's calling this you know the biggest law legal case that no one's talking about when um I don't know it, it reminds me of like the the Loudoun County um like assault that happened where they claim the there's this claim that uh, a trans a, 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 a trans girl ha was, you know, actually a, a boy trying to get in the lot, like to assault women. Um, and this blew up into a huge thing. And it was like very mismanaged. And I'm not remembering the details that well, but um, it's, it's another one of these things. And I'm like, so this is, I don't know, like 
I don't think there's a middle ground on this. Um, I don't think that you can't write about the these people, but if you're gonna be credulous about it, like there's a way to do it, and Nate Robinson's great at this, where you can genuinely lend credence to their argument while making showing how it's wrong. And I think he's brilliant at that, and there's a way there, you could do that, and that's fine. Um, but that's not what he's doing there. He's, he's it's very credulous interviews with these people. It's very um, credulous coverage of you know, the what is a woman movie and of this this case. It's just like I don't know. I, I don't It also take just it. fucking sucks, dude. It's like it's you're you're promoting writing, like yeah. shit content and shit ideas. Like why don't you just like talk to Naomi Klein or like write about Wall Street or crypto? There's like so much shit going on that his brand of journalism would match great to, but instead he's just writing this like I don't know, just complete. Um, I don't know. I think we can it's, like, like, like draw, and allegedly, fucking Peter Thiel funded Talking Point newsletter with his name on it. Wouldn't be surprised. Um, and Peter Thiel's pretty open about. Well, I mean, it's 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 a it's an open secret that he meets with a lot of people in this sphere. Anyone who's on Rumble or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, like the the what is that like a, it's like a right-wing youtube alternative i think that's what it's billed as but it's it's just more of this stuff it's it's places for cranks to deliver screeds about and that launder bigotry and under the guise of logic and reason which is you know very crummy but um i don't know there's something to me that gets more mad at um someone like taibi for doing this than even someone like ron DeSantis who I don't know. I guess Ron DeSantis, you know, he has more power to do this sort of shit, but like, it's almost like you expect it from him. Whereas like, there's the only reason Taibbi's doing this is for clicks. And that's like so banal. It's not even any real power. It's just attention. And like, he's got tens of millions of dollars. The man's a best-selling author and wrote at Rolling Stone consistently yeah. for ever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his father was, uh, was in broadcast journalism, I believe at NBC. I mean, the guys, the guys, you know, got plenty the guy's of money. doing There's fine no there's no this. need to do this it's just for attention and i, I don't even i think know. honestly you know like tracing it back i think retribution at what happened to him with mark Ames, you know the, that he was canceled like back in 2018 <laughs> or 2017 it. or whatever it was maybe um, he was radicalized basically after he wrote that book about eric garner he just fucking tumbled down a hill and never came back yeah, like he's really far gone. And, uh, so, so, you know, th but this this is something we can like kind of like there's one more point to this debate that I want to touch on. But can we just can we just also touch on this idea that like we've seen it happen a lot now as like veterans of the online, you know, world, like the fall of, of the, the fall. Well, no, just like the the cool lefty media figure who like, you know, we're all in on who just falls now what yeah. what do you think links these cases i feel like it's usually like a bad take or um i don't want i'm not like they're being canceled for having a bad take but they find a way to fall into this like post left thing or they just get canceled for some personal thing you know yeah how many thing they did because they're of like some of these people you know are creeps in real life and that's uh, yeah, I mean, it takes a certain type of person to be like staring at your fucking phone all day, but you know, we don't have to analyze. Yeah, we, we, could, we couldn't hack it because we're too normal, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> that's we're, what we're I, I write off. Um, no, but um, 
Elon's situation uh, relates to what we've been discussing. Um, yeah, so I brought up Elon. I, I wanted to talk about Elon Musk because so Taibbi, of course, wrote his his you know puff interview with Karolansky, and then he you know this credulous coverage of what is a woman and how nobody's willing to talk about this movie. Shouldn't it be reviewed? Isn't it important? No, it's not. It's stupid. That's why no one's reviewed it. But um, he, of course, wrote that. Then um, when there was predictable backlash to this, which is what these people feed on, he wrote an article about the back the blowback, because um, that's what all this is, is just discourse, clicks, content. Um, and Elon Musk replied to Matt Taibbi sharing his comeback uh, to the blowback to his what is a woman uh, article. <laughs> like we're on like four levels of comebacks here. Um, Elon Musk uh, replied favorably and said, we are simultaneously being told that gender differences do not exist and that genders are so profoundly different that irreversible surgery is the only option. Perhaps someone wiser than me can explain this dichotomy. And people rightfully pointed out that Elon Musk has absolutely had gender affirming surgery in the form of the plugs and fillers that he, his hair plugs and his fillers in his face that uh, make him look more masculine and hot. That's like that. That's pretty irreversible, my guy. I mean, I don't know. Can you take those fillers out? I mean, I understand that they just like fall apart and you have to keep pumping them up to make him, to keep him even looking normal. Um, so, I mean, no shade on that, but don't act like this is something that only trans people do. Um, and Elon Musk also, I think, endorsed Ron DeSantis in Florida, who is one of the heads of this anti-trans agenda. Yeah, we're, Dan's pulling up a uh, before and after of Elon Musk when he was, uh, what, um, when he was young and hungry and bald and weird looking when he first made, pay or sold PayPal. I don't think he like fully created it. Um, and then now where he has gotten, given, given himself a jawline, um, given himself a much better hairline. I mean, that is gender affirming surgery. And it's never, I mean, men probably, cis people actually probably get it more than, <laughs> you know, uh, or at least numerically are responsible for more gender affirming uh, surgeries in the US than trans people ever could be. But um, that's not what this is about. It's about bigotry and it's about something personal too, I think. Because what I really think, and I think the reason children are like the focus and schools are the focus of this now, what I think it is, is that these parents are realizing that their kids hate them. Their parents are, the, you know, these kids are being told that they should, are, and are, are correctly seen that they should be uh, accepting of, of one another and not be prejudiced. And uh, their parents are not coming to the organization. And so these kids hate their parents because their parents are backwards, rude, obnoxious, probably difficult to take out in public. Um, and we just found out, um, and we don't need to like, a lot of people were getting mad about how widely this story has gotten shared, but um, Elon Musk's daughter is uh, trans, as trans, and she has recently changed her name and basically tried to emancipate herself from him now that she's 18 because she hates him. And I, and I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, you know, it's armchair psychoanalyzing. Um, but at the same time, I was like, that's gotta be it. Like his daughter hates him. And because he's probably not on board with this sort of stuff. And uh, once that, when you, when you feel that, when it's something that's close to you like that, it leads you to be, to find any kind of like reason that it's not your fault. It's not my fault my kids hate me. The school told me that 
uh, the school taught my kids that they have to hate me. Um, I think a large part of that, this honestly boils down to that. Um, uh, I really feel bad for his daughter. I mean, it fucking sucks. Imagine if your dad was literally like a force for fucking evil in the world and had directly caused the suffering of thousands and thousands of people. Um, and you know, also the cars blow up and don't work, but that's another story. Um, so I, I don't know. Would, would, this topic could, could go on and on. Uh, you know, the 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 LGBTQ uh, panic that the right is uh, pushing right now, and honestly, portions of the moderate uh, center uh, in Hillary. And Clinton. even and even less, there's some weirdo and, and left and left who are like yeah. anti-identitarian to a to a fault and see you know they say the same thing as hillary clinton basically is that um you know we do mass politics we don't do marginal politics um but this is why you have to do marginal politics like you can't exclude people because then the majority uses it that's that's you know what we're against is uh the the powerful being able to step on the weak uh and that's what's happening here and that's why it's so shitty when people like uh Paibi launder that because it's nothing more than that, but they're trying to lend credence to like, oh, maybe the trans people are the most power are the ones with the power here, which is, I don't know. Imagine putting your name on that shit, like, 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 so embarrassing. Don't you have like a family? Like, what are you doing? Wow. I mean, whatever. Um, let's let's wrap this one up. Uh, what I don't know. This was kind of a serious one. Jesus, it got serious, but we we're gonna lighten it up on the way out. Um, because. This panic is, there's a lot of darkness to it, but there's also a lot of really, really goofy and funny shit. Um, I'm thinking specifically of uh, Tim Allen recently tweeting that he took, quote, took some kids to Disneyland uh, and (laughs) overheard a 13-year-old boy wondering if he may be pansexual since he loves skillets. This, (laughs) there's a lot going on here. Number one, Took some kids. Which kid? Your kids? Your grandkids? Who's who are these kids? Isn't that what they're all upset about? Is that like how can you? Yeah, Tim specify really. Also, uh, Patricia Heaton, I believe, uh, tweeted that he was ca- that Buzz Lightyear was castrated by Tim Allen's being recast. So yes. let's just let's just throw that in there. Castration yeah. was mentioned in the. Same I, I think the the conser- the other reason the conservatives are mad about Bu- Lightyear is because uh, Tim Allen didn't get to reprise his role but he played the toy not the movie so you know there's a canonical reason for this apparently but also um of course they have to see it through their you know us versus them lens and they're like he he's an out proud outspoken conservative and they can't liberal hollywood can't tolerate that um but either way yeah so a 13 year old even if this is like true if a 13 year old said this who cares 13 year olds say this say dumb shit all the time say stuff that's not real um this is nicer than a lot of things i was saying when i was 13 honestly um i was a little shithead back then and uh yeah (laughs) it's very it's a weird tweet i don't know what do you make of this dan well tim allen uh uh, to be honest with you, like who is like talking about their sexuality, like at like Disney World? Like everyone's focused on what they're doing that day. Like it's a fucking theme park. It's not like a like cultural like like it's not like there there's some sort of fucking like you know uh, 
it's not something in the air that suddenly people are just saying their deepest uh, thoughts. You know, I mean, it's it's a fucking amusement park. So I think Tim is fucking lying and he just like read about some shit on fucking Facebook, you know? Yeah. One of those days where you're like, I got to tweet something like let's come up with something. Uh, and I feel like he was getting a little heat from the light year thing. Dude, he's got so much money. He's he's great. He's doing great. He's doing fine. He's got all, all that money from Wild Hogs, uh, which we didn't. Wasn't that, didn't we like? Uh, there was a story we did like a, a at least a year or two ago where it was like uh, the top grossing movie of 2021 or something. Like it was like half of what like Wild Hogs made in 2008. Right. Or something. Right. Uh, yeah. Like the the cinematic industry has uh, collapsed. Uh, uh, well, th- thanks to Tom Cruise's. Uh, uh, one listener is going to hate me for bringing this up, but like the um, Tom Cruise's top grossing movie ever, Top Gun Maverick. I saw it. Uh, you haven't seen it yet, have you? I have not seen it yet. And I've never seen the original either. The original is fucking horrible. It was <laughs> so boring. I hated it. But you have to watch it before you watch Maverick, which was awesome. All right. No, I'll, I'll suffer through it. I'm thinking there's a drive in theater not too far from where I'm at now. So I'm thinking about uh, maybe seeing it there. I think that could be a fun experience. I have to say, uh, planes go fast, uh, fun. I like that Tom Cruise these days is like, when I make a movie, I have to like leap into a volcano. Um, I have. Do they to... put out a trailer for Mission Impossible? Like, it's not coming out till twenty twenty three. Like, it's so early for that. I know. Um. But... Hey, listen. But, uh, so, parallel to um the conservative panic, there's. I don't know, a little bit of a liberal. I don't want to like say that it's the same thing because liberals aren't as, really aren't as wacky as, as uh, maybe impulsive is the right word for. Uh, They're not as genocidal, maybe. There's also that, yeah. At least not in this case. But um, apparently a bunch of Hollywood libs have come together. Um, Judd Apatow, Mark Ruffalo, Jimmy Kimmel, Damon Lindelof, Adam McKay, Julianne Moore, Shonda Rhimes, Eli Roth, Mark Ruffalo, he's on there a second time. Uh, and Amy Schumer. <laughs> uh, they're around. The if, you first... have an empty, if you have an empty, vapid event or cause, she's your girl. She's there. Yeah, she's there for you. Shout out to Amy Schumer. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, they're Come among on the, the first round. Sure. Yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll take us up. <laughs> um, these, these are some of the names that are on the first round of signatures for a petition calling for the film and TV industry to re-examine its influence on national gun violence in the U.S. And this is interesting. This is like a Ugh. 80s liberal thing. This is like a PMRC sort of thing. Uh, I was thinking that. So we're, we're taking it back to the age when like heavy metal is causing violence, like, 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 you know, this. I, I, it reminds me of the satanic panic again like or the fear that marilyn manson inspired the columbine shootings um searching for like any answer any idealistic answer to why um this sort of stuff happens here more than anywhere else or specifically like how what can i like it's all centered around them it's yeah. like what can we do like you know what i mean it's like actually the answer is you can't do anything because this issue is not yours to do anything about i think the idea that you are so that you are so self-centered to think that people 
a like china fucking has the most violent movies anywhere like there's no mass shootings like there is here and there are material reasons for that (laughs) like (laughs) it's not because of like people don't like watch movies and then it inspires them to get a like you have to be able to purchase a gun you have to be able to find it you have to be able to afford it you have to know where to get you have that training to know how to use it like there are material reasons for why gun culture is so widespread in the u.s um and material reasons for why it's not the case that's not the case in china and places like that but um there's any effort to like avoid it is is worthwhile for these people but also you nailed it when you were saying these are a bunch of hollywood sickos who spend all day trying to be like i want to make you know another 10 million dollars off of a movie that has fart jokes in it and stuff and they're trying to find meaning in that because really all they do is worship they create art but like they're worshiping Moloch. They're worshiping the, the, uh, the unholy dollar. That's what they're actually doing for a living. And that corrodes your soul. And if, and it leads you, you know, in moments like this, where you become more aware of your humanity, when you're forced to grapple with the knowledge that children were massacred um, by, you know, an automatic rifle, um, that, that, inspires like a sense of like nihilism and hopelessness in you or oh, right. and, and, you also, to ascribe meaning to what it is that you're doing and you're like oops yes. i must have i must have caused this somehow so i'm gonna be, hold myself accountable and now i can change it it's it's faith in your own abilities but in like two different ways there it's like kind of what it's that it's that um like like I don't know. It's that modern, like, sort of, like, self, set, like, 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 um, you know, your, your personal, um, you know, like, like your own, like, you have to prove you're a good person, you know, and, yep. and like, if you're a prominent figure, like, if if you're, if you're not making these like gestures, then it, like you're part of the problem, or at least like you're, you know, like the reality is these people know that the like Mitch McConnell's not going anywhere. Like the people, the shit that actually matters is like, they, they have no chance to affect. And they'll tell you like vote for Amy McGrath that like Josh Gad will like fucking cry into the camera and tell you to vote for Amy McGrath to defeat Mitch McConnell. But the reality is, I mean, there's nothing these people can do. So what can they do? They can make movies less cool. Yeah. Like, John Wick can't like shoot the 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 like. What are you gonna do? Take guns? I I don't even know what they're proposing, honestly. So no, it's 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 just a letter saying um, it's it's full of liberal pablum. You know, considering there have been over two hundred fifty other mass shootings so far this year, it's almost in, an incomprehensible tragedy. Talking about Uvalde, um, quote something needs to be done. Like that's always the language. Someone needs to do something, but not me. I'm just all I can do personally is say that someone else should do something because my job is to make millions of dollars and buy multiple houses by making a bunch of crappy movies. When um, if you actually cared, you could just you know become an advocate for this sort of stuff, but you don't. It just makes you sort of feel bad, and so you go out and do some performative nonsense like this. I don't know. Like it's again overstating and understating your own power to change the situation like assuming that you have the power to cause a mass shooting but also assuming that you don't have the the power to um you know do something outside of movie making to avert a mass shooting (laughs) like I i don't know um i don't know 
closing it out, uh, the Uvalde police uh, are covering up something extraordinary um, that we don't know for sure yet. But today we found out as we as we record uh, the day we record uh, this is uh, June 21st, um, the door where the gunman was gunning down uh, the uh, child victims and the uh, I believe uh, t- two teachers I, I can't remember yes. exactly yeah, 19 um, uh, students two teachers and um, they uh, in a conference today confirmed that the door was not locked from the inside there was no need to find a key which had been previously reported that they couldn't find the key which was honestly like like a Benny Hill sketch. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't find the key. Um, and then, like, the fucking... Um, the team had a, sh- a shield and automatic weapons ready to go within three minutes. They could have gone in. Three minutes. They didn't go in for over an hour. Right. And they had all the toys that they claimed they need. They had every license to be able to go in there and use whatever level of force that they claim they need to be able to use on unarmed, you know, black men. But when it came down to it, they, they chickened out and they blamed everyone but themselves. And on a certain level, it seems like they also just bungled it. Like, it seems like they were just, the levels of incompetence from what I've heard out of that are insane. Um, and the other weird Uvalde story is that um, it might be torn down, the, the Rob Elementary, uh, not the entire town of Uvalde, luckily. <laughs> um, but, and apparently this is like common, not uncommon um, in the past, like new, new town public schools and Santa Fe um, schools have received uh, grants to um, tear down the school after a mass shooting. Uh, I'm not sure what the rationale of that is, but that maybe would be it's like literally way. too traumatic to like bring students back there. Yeah. Like physically, uh, I don't know. It would be really dark if they rebuilt it with just one entrance, like all the wackos on conserv- on Fox News were saying that they, that school should have. Um, yeah, one entrance with like an armed armed like teacher, like a former or like a former vet. Like, remember that guy was that guy who was a politician who was saying like we should hire the former vets. You know, like these people are fucking stable and I'm nothing against veterans, but like Jesus Christ, you know, I don't yeah, need these. On. I don't need these fucking guys <laughs> who couldn't be cops. Uh, yeah, a, a kid you know. pops a bag of chips in the cafeteria. And next thing you know, this guy's <laughs> like, you know, screaming at Charlie in the uh, cafeteria or something. Like, we can't have that. Sorry. No, no, all jokes about. Sorry for the PTSG jokes. It's just this is what we're. You, you know what you're getting into with Hog Planet. You know. Yeah, um, we're. You know, we are. We're bad we are, boys. We're, we're not going to be canceled. We're the we're bad boys. I mean, we. You know, we're. We're not trying to like get like new listeners. Like we're 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 just doing what we do. And if people want to listen to this, they'll listen to this. And if you know, you know, maybe this maybe this you know this isn't for you. It's a little dark. It's a little sad. It's maybe you know maybe we have no insight. Maybe maybe this is you know maybe maybe you're a hog and you don't like hearing us talk about you. But you know what? That's what we do here at Hog Planet. Uh, you know, and we do it when uh, when we can. You know, we, we have busy lives. We, we play Elden Ring. I play Elden Ring now. That's an update since the last episode. All right. This is what I've been dying to know all episode. Dan, have you purchased the crafting kit from Kale the Merchant? No. Not yet. 
Not yet. <laughs> I've been uh, I've been getting distracted by the little fights. It's fun to get distracted in that game. I can't get mad at at you. I I've been dueling quite a bit. If anyone likes Elden Ring duels, you can feel free to get at me, and we can set a password. Um, unless you're like one of the weirdos who spams bleed stuff. That's the most boring thing on earth. Um, uh, you know, uh, strength I'm build. So, I'm so gonna cheat at Elden Ring. Yeah, Dan, I want to build you into. I want to b- give you this the worst, like most broken build. Uh, an Elden Ring. All right. The how do you want to close this out? Do we want to? Uh, I really have been enjoying conservatives complaining about inflation by showing like a big pile of junk food and being like, "This cost me three hundred dollars at the grocery store." Joe Biden, what are you? What are your thoughts? Like that's my favorite thing. Um, yeah, it's pretty great. This mom life Facebook group. There's one. Uh, post in there it says this is 155 dollars worth of food this 155 dollars isn't even a week's worth of meals um <laughs> this 155 dollars got us three days of meals and the food i'm i'm going i'm just reading from like you know upper left to bottom right there are three cases of mountain dew um and two more cases it looks like of sprite uh one frozen red baron pizza um some lunchables there's some some vegetables because you got tomatoes on the pizza that's fair um that is i think the only plant product actually is that a fruit we got tomatoes are a fruit but they're eaten as vegetables and there's actually no definition of vegetables there is a definition of fruit which is that you know it has seeds but vegetables are actually just like a a a term in in food it's it's based on how it's prepared so tomatoes can be considered a vegetable even though they are also fruits anyway um yeah lunchables are on here there's a like bob evans frozen mashed potatoes which is by far the most bleak thing on here i don't know the only thing resembling food is like a couple chicken breasts and some cold cuts there's a big bag of dumb dumb lollipops <laughs> and there's a box of oreos too Thanks, and then a, joe biden there's like six different kinds of chips um a box each of apple jacks and fruit loops there's one lonely uh, bottle of like apple juice in the back, which is the only thing, again, resembling any kind of nutrition. Multiple packs of Velveeta, some Pop-Tarts. Like this, this is good stuff um, in my eyes. I also really liked the guy who posted his five guys receipt um, and was like, I, it cost me $45 for two people to eat at five guys. Like this is madness. And I'm like, well, you got like, the nine dollar milkshake. So what do you like? You, right, you guys you, you got, got like a, a nine dollar milkshake. And, you got the large milkshake and like a like a large burger and fries. Like what the yeah? Fuck they, oh yeah, and they got the full burger. Which if you all five guys heads know, if you can eat the full burger, like you got to get the little one. The full one is like I don't know. It's like I think it's like really really heavy. <laughs> Obviously, I don't really eat meat that much, but um, back when I did, used to partake in Five Guys. One of those full burgers will set you back for like a day. I don't know. Oh, like this is it is like it's forty five bucks, but it is an inhuman amount of food to be like complaining about the price of. Yeah, it's two meals of calories. Uh, all right, let's wrap things up. Uh, you know, uh, I'm Dan Spaventa. You can follow me at Spaventacular at S P A V E N T A C U L A R on Twitter on Instagram at D Spaventa um you know figure it out 
you can see my paintings there and uh, occasional uh, Instagram stories of random people I meet, uh, such as the very cool Hassan Hassan Minaj. Uh, very nice, very nice individual. Uh, great, uh, great meeting him, uh, recording something for work. Um, and I met Al Franken. That's that's relevant to the show. He groped Dan instantly. He did not. He did not. <laughs> Just kidding. That's bullshit. <laughs> Parody, not actionable. Uh, yada Stop yada it. yada. Um, no, he was he. You know, he was cool. I mean, you know, obviously, uh, but, you know. But, listen, like, I, I don't know. Do I? Do I? Do I like? Like, do I respect him? Like, no. But but, <laughs> do I think he should be able to be interviewed for for a radio documentary? Like. What the fuck's the difference, you know? <laughs> well, m- many people who get Sirius XM uh, uh, with the free trial with their car, their new car, will uh, be happy to listen to this. Um, anyway, yeah, my plugs. Um, my Twitter is at Wagstank, W-A-G-S-T-A-N-K. Um, my, you, uh, the only plug I would care about people going towards is Ward 2 Mutual Aid. You can find the link on my Twitter. Um, we have an open collective where you can become a regular contributor um, so that we can do outreach with a unhoused in Washington, D.C., um, do grocery distribution. We do a lot of good things and uh, all on a shoestring budget. So if you want to get involved and you're in the area, that's good stuff. But if not, then just send us some money. That would be awesome. So. Uh, also going to attach a GoFundMe from our friend Dom, who you might follow at yes. MultiWorld. Uh, he, uh, um, let's see, there's uh, fundraising GoFundMe for an immigrant Roma family. Um, you know, in a, in a, a nice cause uh, to help people get housing who deserve it. I've given uh, Sam... Uh, I have given I'm, sure, as well. I'm assuming you have given uh, a lot of our friends have given and Dom is a, uh, you know, great person, you know, really uh, doing a great thing here. So the link for that GoFundMe is in the description right now. They are only uh, a couple hundred dollars away from their goal. So if, if the hog planet fan can uh, get them over the line here and donate just a couple bucks, uh, that would really, uh, that would go a long way. So um Let's see. Uh, I guess we're done, right, Sam? I think that's it. I think we did it. All right. Well, this is Hog Planet. Really had me hanging there. I know.